message as you had, if you have seen the online uh, post for this morning, uh, we'll get into it in just a second here, and it was titled, I Give It All, and we'll get into it, like I said, here in just a moment, and then, of course, tonight's message is uh, titled, uh, The Fire Shall Not Go Out, and I had a picture of flames of fire there, and and then uh, the morning for I Give It All, and I thought, well, we probably, it'll be, I don't know if we'll have anybody in church this morning, this evening, tonight. It's the two things nobody wants to hear about, giving, amen, and uh, fire. But I made sure I put a, in the, the memo there that neither one of them, it's not a message about tithe and offering or missions, and tonight's message is not about hell fire or hell's flame. And really, in reality, it's about keeping the flame of the Holy Spirit of God alive in your heart. So join us tonight, if you will, online. Uh, if you won't be at Calvary this evening, we'd love to have you join in uh, live. We'll begin our service. Uh, we actually only broadcast the sermon down there. So we start at 1755, and the sermon will start at about 610, uh, maybe a few moments afterwards. So join in on the Calvary uh, Facebook, if you will. First Chronicles chapter 21, uh, chapter 21, if you'll open your Bibles there. And to my knowledge, I believe I'm going to have you stay there for the rest of uh, uh, the morning, not a whole lot of turning. I think we may go to Second uh, Chronicles one time uh, and look at a particular verse and um, and then we'll move around. But we're going to mainly preach from our text today, not a whole lot of turning. We are going to read now our text verses of the entire event, the events that we are looking at. In our morning reading just a moment ago, we read verses 1 through 5. And we're going to pick up where we left off as you understand what has happened as Satan stood to provoke David to number the, the Lord. So pick up with me in verse 6, if you will. We find that Joab brings these numbers back in verse 5, and, and he numbers those uh, that are in Israel as 1.1 million people, and those in Judah, uh, or those that drew sword, and those of Judah was 470,000. Uh, but verse 6 says, But Levi and Benjamin counted he not among them, for the king's word uh, was abominable to Joab. And God, it's amazing, this story amazes me, because uh, when you look at the life of Joab, Joab wasn't the greatest of, in, of characters, if you, if you know what I mean. When you study his life out, Joab wasn't known for his integrity, except for this particular incident here. And he said, you know, King, will not do this. This is an abomination. Our faith and trust should be in God. But the Bible's clear, it was Satan that stood to provoke, his, provoke David to number uh, the people there, if you will. Verse 7 says, And God was displeased with this thing, therefore he smote Israel. And David said unto God, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing. But now I beseech thee, do away, uh, do away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. And the Lord spake unto Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and tell David, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I will offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it unto thee. So Gad came to David and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Choose thee, either three years famine, or three months to be destroyed before thy foes, while that the sword of thine enemies overtake thee, or else three days the sword of the Lord, even the pestilence in the land, and the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the coast of Israel. Now therefore advise thyself what word I shall bring again to him that sent me. David said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. Let me fall now into the hand of the Lord, for very great are his mercies. But let me not fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel. And there fell of Israel seventy thousand men. Father, we do pray a special blessing upon the reading of thy word. 
We ask of you, Lord God, to please uh, speak to our hearts this morning. This is a remarkable event in the, in the history and the life of King David and the history of the nation of Israel and the people thereof. So, Lord, I pray today that as we look at the tragedy and the destruction that has happened throughout uh, just the first 14 verses and the reason why, Lord, I pray that we can see how you intervened and how you, in a miraculous way, brought a blessing upon the nation, but especially the man that we're going to look at, a man by the name of Ornan. In Jesus' name, we ask these things today. Amen and amen. The picture here is quite evident in, in First Chronicles. Uh, First Chronicles is an interesting book. I love the Chronicles, in all fairness. I love First Chronicles and Second Chronicles, First Second Kings and First and Second Samuel. I enjoy it because of, uh, of the history. I enjoy it because of the strategy that we find. And, but here in First Chronicles 21, <coughs> excuse me, it is crystal clear as to what has happened with King David and Israel. There is no mixing of words. There is no confusion. There is no reading between the lines. David, even after being warned against doing so by Joab in verse 3, still went forth and had Israel uh, numbered, if you will. Verse 1 makes it crystal clear as to why this happened. The Bible tells us uh, very clearly here. Uh, it says, and Satan stood up, and Satan stood up against Israel, okay? Satan stood up against Israel. And friend, one thing we must, we must all understand, the devil, this, there is a devil in this world today. There is a devil that is walking about uh, um, to and fro, and I think what I find is interesting is it didn't say that that uh, Satan stood up against David. The Bible says that he stood up against Israel and then provoked David. We find that leadership in a given nation, leadership in a country will affect everyone. It's not just one particular person. We need to understand that. Uh, you know, my pastor taught us that everything rises and falls on leadership. And so, friend, there's one thing that we need to clearly understand in our life, in this world today, in 2022, amen, is that there is Satan out there, and he is as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Now, I want you to understand the word may is an indication of allowance, uh, either by way of you opening up a door, falling prey to his provocation, or by God simply allowing it, or both. The fact of the matter is, guys, that we need to understand that Satan's number one avenue of destroying is through provoking, through provoking, through the lust of the eyes, through the lust of the flesh, and through the pride of life. My friend, he provoked Eve. He provoked Abraham to lie. He provoked Isaac to lie. He provoked Jacob to deceive. And now he provokes David to number Israel. And the list could continue on throughout time. Satan is a provoker. He provokes mankind to disbelieve. He provokes mankind to distrust, and in all fairness, he provokes mankind to disobey God. He does this through fear. He does it through fantasy. He does it through the flesh, through falsehood. He even does it through friendships with the world. Just as Satan tempted Christ and failed miserably in the wilderness, he provoked David to number Israel, and David did so in order to measure himself, careful here, measure himself against the surrounding nations, measuring his people in the light of the world. Now, guys, I could run off a little side note right here and ask us, do you think that we live in a world today that is measuring themselves by themselves, measuring themselves with others? Absolutely, we are. 
Absolutely. We, we probably live in a time, I know the old saying is to keep up with the Joneses, and I've often wondered, we said that in the States, I heard it all my life growing up, I wonder if that originated in Welsh since it was the Joneses, the name, but nonetheless. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the neighbor. Neighbor gets a new car, you get a new car. Neighbor gets a new type of sod or grass, you get new grass. They get a white fence, you get a white fence. They get new windows, you get things like keeping up with the Joneses and measuring yourself according to them, measuring your success and, and, and your, 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 your success in life or your, just your beauty or your aestheticness, whatever, towards someone else. And I think today, and again, <laughs> I don't know why, but it seems like social media has, has, has come up and popped up in, in, in sermons lately. Uh, guys, I'm not on some rant or soapbox against social media right now. It's not what it is, but it just seems like the doors opened up and swung open quite wide every time I take the pulpit, and I don't know why. But I do believe we live in a world today where young people especially, and adults, I believe we're all fall prey to it, where we look at someone on their, uh, their Instagram or how many followers they have or how many likes they have or, or what they look like and how their hair is and how their eyes are, how many abs and whatever it is, and we begin to compare ourselves with them. And we're falling prey to the provocation of Satan. When David did this, he was not placing his trust in the God of Israel. Remember, this is the same God that delivered David out of the mouth of the lion and of the bear when he was a youngster, as well as the Philistine when he was but a young man. But rather, he was placing his faith in the power of mankind, the power of the 1.1 million in Israel and the 470,000 of Judah who drew the sword. It was a very sad day, a terrible day of reckoning in the nation of Israel as the sword of the Lord, and make no never mind, guys, the sword of the Lord, the angel of the Lord is the one who came through Israel that day and moved upon the land, and 70,000 men were slain in Israel. The Lord sent an angel unto the capital city. This angel walked through, destroying. Death had fallen on Israel, and beloved, death had fallen quickly. Children became fatherless, wives became widows in a matter of minutes, and now the capital of Israel was under siege, all because one man was provoked by the devil. There is no match for this angel that was sent by God. There's no force on the earth uh, that would be prepared to stop the judgment was underway. 70,000 men fell to the pestilence, and now... Countless numbers are being slain by the angel of the Lord. Read on, if you will. Pick up, and uh, we left off in verse 15. Uh, let's pick up here, if you will. And um, we left off in verse 14. Let's pick up in verse 15. And the Bible says in verse 15, it says, And God sent an angel unto Jerusalem to destroy it. And as he was destroying, the Lord beheld, and he repented him of the evil, and said to the angel that destroyed, it is that angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. And David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord stand, stand between the earth and the heaven, having a drawn sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem. And then David and the elders of Israel, who were clothed in sackcloth, fell upon their faces. David said unto God, It is not I that commanded the people to be numbered, even I... Uh, it is that have sinned and done evil indeed, but as for these sheep, what have they done? He says, let thine hand, I pray thee, O Lord my God, be on me and on my father's house, but not on thy people, that they should be plagued. Then the angel of the Lord commanded Gad 
to say to David that David should go up and set up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And David went up at the saying of Gad, and which he spake in the name of the Lord. And Ornan turned back and saw the angel. Now watch this here, if you will. And his four sons with him, watch this, hid themselves. Now Ornan was threshing wheat. And as David came to Ornan, Ornan looked and saw David and went out of the threshing floor and bowed himself to David and with his face to the ground. And David said, Ornan, grant me the place of this threshing floor that I may build an altar therein unto the Lord. Thou shalt grant it to me for the full price that the plague may be stayed from thy people. And Ornan said unto David, Take it to thee. And let my lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give thee the oxen also for the burnt offering and the threshing instruments for wood and the wheat for the meat offering. I give it all. Beloved, reading this story years and years ago, I was amazed. I mean, I've read this story. I've read this event Countless times, too, too, far too many to even number, but in devising a sermon a decade ago and begin to look at what Ornan was willing to do, and there's so many things that are going on within these 23 verses. They, the guys, time does not uh, allow for us today to go over every single facet that is inside these 23 verses, but the big thing that we're looking at, Ornan says, I give it all. I saw Ornan is willing without hesitation to say it's all yours. Whatever's going to make this plague stop, hey, it's, it's yours. Whatever's going to save the people, it's yours. Whatever's going to save my sons, it's yours. And mind you, I think there's something interesting that I want to draw our attention to before we get into our three points this morning to be done today. As you notice in verse 20 that it says that we know that, that he hid himself, he says, and his four sons with him hid themselves. But here's what was happened just prior to that. Now, Ornan was threshing wheat. Utter destruction was happening in the nation, in the, in the, in the capital city there. 70,000 men had already been destroyed. The angel of the pestilence was going through uh, the city, and it was destroying people left and right. Wives were becoming widows, children were becoming fatherless, and you find this man, Ornan. Moments prior, moments before, that angel of the Lord shows up at the threshold of his threshing floor. What is he doing? He's working. He's working. He didn't interrupt his day because tragedy was going on. He didn't interrupt his day because there was something going on in the city. I mean, we're not talking about something small either. We're not talking about, <coughs> you know, something teeny, a little rain cloud here, a little rain cloud there. We're talking about a destructive force that no man could conquer, okay? And Ornan said, you know what? I'm, I, got, I got work to do. I believe it's something that shows us of Ornan's character. And who and what he was. He was there uh, providing for his home, providing for his children, providing for his sons, but he was also there uh, not only providing, but willing to protect them when that tragedy came his way. Ornan's a unique individual. He says, I give it all. You can, you can have it all. Here it is. Why do you suppose Ornan was so easily able 
to give all to the Lord. Why do you think he was able to do that? Again, I told you guys, this is not a message about tithe and offering, but, but, but I wonder how, how many of us struggle in giving what we should. Okay? Or do we nickel and dime, as the old saying in America is, do we nickel and dime the Lord? Do we figure it out down to the final penny? You know, Ornan had a, there was a reason Ornan would say, hey, you can have it all, man. You can have it all. The first thing that we're going to find was the loss was stayed, and Ornan knew that. Look there, if you will, in verse 15. Uh, look in verse 15 of our text today. And the Bible says there in verse 15, And God sent an angel unto Jerusalem to destroy him. And as he was destroying, the Lord beheld, and he repented him of the evil, and said to the angel, Destroy him, it is enough. He says, Stay now thine hand. The Lord himself stayed the hand of the destruction at the door steps of Ornan. God's, and, and Ornan saw that. Guys, people were dying all over the place. Death was intimate, yet the loss was stayed at his door. You say, what does that mean to me today? Let me ask you a question. If you're here, you're saved and you're born again. If you are sealed under the day of redemption, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior today, the loss of eternal life was stayed at your doorstep. Amen. Ornan saw that. Ornan knew that. Ornan experienced that loss that everybody else has suffered. He saw that it was stayed. And he says, you know what? You can have it all. My family was spared. We were hiding. The king comes up. He goes, it's all yours. If we can stay this plague for the rest of these souls to be saved, it's yours today. Friend, Ornan recognized the loss was stayed. He also recognized that his life was spared. Look in verse 20 with me again and reread that. We've already read it again, but it says, And Ordan turned back and saw the angel and his four sons with him. The Bible says, hid themselves. So often we become caught up with, with, uh, with uh, uh, eternal and, uh, the eternal things in our life, and we simply forget about the temporal. And yes, guys, we should maintain a heavenly vision, but I do believe in our own life that we cannot become so heavenly minded in what is once going to become so that we're no earthly good. We need to understand that there's a life to be spared in this world today. Think of what the Lord really and truly did and does for us every day. How many blessings do we receive at his hand? How many times has our life been spared just in simple traveling on the road? How many warm meals do you and I enjoy? How much clothing do we have? Hey, guys, how many sicknesses do we avoid in our life? You say, well, I don't know. You don't know, but you know what? Your life has been spared countless times. The simple gift of life the Lord has granted us. Did you know there should never be a discussion of whether or not life is important from conception to grave? That shouldn't even be an option. That should not even be a consideration. Life conceived from the very second, the millisecond, inside of a lady's body, that is life that God granted, and it should not be up to discussion or legislation today. If you don't like that, so be it. Amen. Life matters. Eternal life matters, and this life matters because God gives it. And the only person that stands on the side to murder a child are those who are stood up and lost to the provocation of the devil himself. It is a wicked, wicked, wicked people who decide to take a baby's life. Amen. Don't even get me started with that. If you want to come argue that point, argue it. But you better have your ducks in a row. Ornan saw death walking, my friend. You know what the penalty was? You know what the penalty was in the Old Testament? If folly occurred and a, a woman lost her child, 
If a man, uh, exerc- a physician, anybody, exercised folly upon a pregnant woman and she miscarried or she lost that baby, do you know what the penalty was? Death. He was stoned to death. Boy, we've come a long way, haven't we? Or then saw death coming toward his door. And in his mind, it was too late, guys. In his mind, I picture him hiding himself, hiding his sons, <coughs> hiding his children, going to protect them. And, and then all of a sudden, guys, all of a sudden, someone stepped in. And because of this someone, the loss was stayed, life was spared. And it produced in the life of Ornan, in the heart and the mind of Ornan, a love of souls. A love of souls. Look at verse 23 with me, guys. And Ornan said unto David, take it to thee, and let my lord, the king, do that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give thee the oxen also for the burnt offerings, and the threshing instruments for wood, and the wheat for the meat offering. He says, I give it all. Ornan freely, willingly, openly says, you can have it all. Why? Because he loved the souls of his fellow mankind. What did he give, guys? What was he willing to give? Beloved, again, I, there's so much going on in these verses. Let's go back and read verses 15 and 16. And the Bible says, And God sent an angel unto Jerusalem to destroy it. And as he was destroying, uh, the Lord beheld, and he repented him of the evil, and said uh, to the angel that destroyed, It is enough. Stay now thine hand. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite, and David lifted up his voice and saw the angel of the Lord stand between heaven and earth, having a drawn sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders of Israel, who were clothed in sackcloth, fell upon their face. In the grand scheme of the occasion, there's much more going on. There's much more than just an angel walking through Jerusalem. And now the angel of the Lord standing between heaven and earth, and, and this angel also standing at the threshing floor of Ornan. You see, as an angel was sent to destroy, the angel of the Lord was sent to deliver. Don't miss this point here, guys. Ornan was so easily moved. Ornan was so willing to give it all. Ornan was so, so happy to give everything that he had because he loved the souls, because as an angel destroyed, the angel of the Lord came to deliver. I want you to notice in verse 18 with me. Verse 18, the Bible tells us the angel of the Lord commanded. Commanded. You say, well, who is that? The the angel of the Lord commanded. Who gives the commandments in here? See, when Gad came back and said, hey, listen, this is what the Lord said, he had received the commandment from whom? The angel of the Lord. Genesis chapter 16 and verse 10 tells us, uh, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for, the, for multitude. Genesis chapter 22, verses 11 through 12, And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon uh, the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. Watch this. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from who? Me. 
As we know, it was the Lord Jesus Christ who spoke unto Moses out of the burning bush. In Exodus chapter 3, and verse 2, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in the flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Uh, listen, the Lord gave uh, uh, Moses that name, I am, did he not? He says, hey, who's go, who do I go in and, and say we're delivering Israel out of Egypt? Because I am that I am has sent thee. John chapter 8, verse 58 says, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. What are we talking about here? What, my soul, what in the world is Ornan looking at as the angel of the Lord stands between heaven and earth with his sword drawn? What is he looking at, my friend? Well, in Judges 13, Manoah spoke unto the angel of the Lord when, uh, when the announcement of Samson was given. And afterwards, this is what he said in verse 22. He says, we, sh- we, we shall surely die because we have seen God. Guys, there's more going on here on this day than you can ever imagine. And friend, we, got, we could go on and on and on answering Scripture with Scripture. Uh, but the bottom line, it was the angel of the Lord, the Son of God, the pre- pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ upon this earth, whom was standing between heaven and earth, and on behalf of Ornan and his family that day, and Ornan knew it, my friend. Ornan knew it. I want you to look over here real quick. Look in Second Chronicles. Just turn over one time. <laughs> we'll go back to our text. We're almost finished. We look at ourselves and we wonder how in the world could Ornan just so quickly, I mean, just so quickly say, I give it all. You can have it all, king. Well, in Second Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah. When the, where the Lord appeared unto David, his father, in the place that David had prepared in the, watch this, threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. You see, my friend, this was the day Ornan met the Lord. This was the day, and, it's, and what's even more interesting as he's begun to build that house on the Lord on Mount Moriah, in Mount Moriah, that's the very same place that Abraham in Genesis 22 took Isaac to sacrifice him right there, Mount Moriah, where Jerusalem is. It's all tied together, my friend. The angel of the Lord intervened uh, for Isaac that day, and the angel of the Lord intervened for Ornan that day. And then David's son Solomon begins to build that house in the very place where Ornan met the Lord Jesus Christ. It was the day that he realized when he met the Lord that the loss was stayed, that his life was spared, and that's when he developed a love for souls. Ornan was willing to give it all, guys. He was willing to give it all for the voluntary offering. Did you know that? You know what's interesting about that? It's a voluntary offering. He was willing to give the oxen, my friend. Oxen for the burnt offering. And that oxen depicts <laughs> Jesus Christ offered himself without spot, without blemish unto God. It is a foreshadow of Jesus Christ upon the cross, accomplishing the will of God. It is the perfection of Christ's offering of himself through the eyes of God. Ornan said, look, you know what? Here's the oxen for the burnt offering. He, he was willing to give the wheat for the meat offering, depicting the perfect manhood of Christ, emphasizing the life which was offered, the picture of the perfection of character, for he hath made him to become sin who knew no sin, guys. It is this offering which places the unimaginable value on the sacrifice of Christ. Ornan was willing to give of the peace offering this day. It is the final of the three voluntary offerings, and it speaks of the restored communion with God. 
And I cannot help but think that when Ornan said, hey, listen, here are the instruments of wood, take it all, in his mind was peace. Why? Because the angel of the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, spared his life, the plague was stayed, and a love of souls was committed. And peace was there, restoration was present, and he had a heart filled with pure gratitude. Friend, it is the altar that one must come for the loss to be stayed. It is, it, is, it is this area that a person must come for their life to be spared. And it was upon the altar of Calvary the soul was ultimately loved. And it is our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who stands today between heaven and earth, ready to make reconciliation at any given time for all who will believe. 1 Timothy 2.5 tells us, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. There's one. There's not a man in a robe in a funny little box. He's not your go-between God. There's no weak infant baptism that's your go-between for God. There is one man that is your go-between between God and mankind, and that's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Can you picture this with me today as we begin to wrap this whole thing up and be done? Can you picture Ornan seeing that angel hiding his sons and David seeing the angel of the Lord standing between life and death? Ornan, who was willing to give it all unto the one who gave it all for us. Picture with me, if you will, the, the garden. Picture with me, if you will, the cup of the Lord as found in Matthew 26, 39. When Jesus Christ went before the Father and prayed that night, and he said, if there be another will, let this cup pass for me, but nevertheless, thine will be done and not my own. Friend, in closing, I want you to think on these terms. When this father and this husband, this farmer, if you will, saw death was sure, he had nowhere to go, and he could only say, here I am, Lord. It's all yours. I give it all. Beloved, that was a turn of events that day. But I ask you this morning, I ask you, that if, can you say with Ordan this morning, I give it all? If you're here today, you're saved and born again, are you understanding fully exactly what Jesus Christ has done for you? Has your salvation produced a love for souls in this world today? Have you seen that your life was spared? Have you understood that the loss was stayed of what he's done for you? If you're lost today, I'm going to ask you, would you come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ right here, right now? I mean, listen, would you realize, just as David understood that he sinned against God, that he has broken the law of God and now subject to the judgment of God and in dire need of salvation, would you simply accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, whether you're here or whether you're online, does not matter this morning? That's what I'm asking you. Are you willing to say, Lord, here I am. Accept accept me as I am. Forgive me of my sins. I believe in the death, burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ so that I may be eternally saved. You said, preacher, I've never done that before. Then you can do it right here, right now. What in the world would hinder you from making your confession sure? If you are banking on a confirmation class, you are as lost as a day is long. If you are banking today on what some priest in a robe told you is going to happen to you, you are lost as a day and long. There had to become a day. There had to be a day that you fully understood that there is one God, one meeting between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. There had to be that moment that you understood that your sins, your transgression against God's law, is going to result in God's judgment upon your soul. And understood that he stayed the loss. He spared your life. 
and he loves your souls. That's why we love other souls. That's why we love God. Not because we love him. We love him because he first loved us. Don't think that you have such a lovey-dovey heart that you're just going to love God unconditionally. He loves you unconditionally, but you ain't capable of doing that. We love him because he first loved us. And our love for him brings that reconciliation, understanding what he did for us, continues to do for us, and will do for us in this life and the life to come, my friend. That's the only way you're going to say, I give it all. So again, I ask you this, and I'm done. Are you willing to give your eternal life, a life that you can't see, taste, touch, or smell, to the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you willing to say, here, here, I can't, just take me now. Forgive me of my sins. I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord. I believe that he died on the cross, was buried in the grave, and was risen again, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That today is how simple. Not easy. Everything that's simple is never easy. Remember, I started this sermon out with saying that the devil stood up and provoked David. All right? He stood up against Israel to provoke David. Paul says in 2 Corinthians eleven three, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Anyone that teaches anything outside of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ as the saving knowledge of the gospel today is teaching another a gospel. And Paul says they should be accursed. They're being corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. It wasn't easy, my friend. Going to the cross and suffering what Jesus Christ had to suffer was not easy. Don't confuse the two. But I am telling you this morning, it, it, it is simple. It is very simple. And I praise God today. I'm thankful that as a 19, because at 19, I couldn't have understood simplicity. I, I needed it simple. I needed to walk through the door of eternal salvation simply, not by through three or four steps that I could do. Because I know this, if it was left in my hands, I would have messed it up and would continue to mess it up today. But because it's in the hands of God, the angel of the Lord who stood between heaven and earth, having the sword drawn, is our mediator today between God and eternal life. That, my friend, is your choice this morning. No one, and I repeat, no one can do it for you. But you can today. Will you bow your heads this morning? Father, I thank you. I thank you for who and what you are and for all that you've done. And I ask of you now to please give us guidance, grace, and mercy. Lord, I pray. If there be anyone in our presence this morning or anyone online listening who knows you not as Lord and Savior, who have not come to that present moment of accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, thus becoming born again, as you said unto Nicodemus, you must be born again. Lord, I pray today that this will be the last second of their life, that there is any doubt whatsoever of their eternal destination. Understand, I pray, dear God, in their hearts, the simplicity of salvation, the complexity of the cross, the pain of the cross. We understand, Lord. We know it wasn't easy, but Lord, I pray the simplicity of the salvation would enter into every heart, soul, and mind that is within earshot of this sermon this morning, and they would freely choose except Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Father, for those who are saved today, let this message this morning stir them up in their heart and their mind to get that fire set back in their life of what Jesus Christ has done for us, is doing for us, and will continue to do, that we understood that our life has been spared, that the loss has been stayed, but that we would develop a love for souls as the angel of the Lord has. 
We ask these things in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I do hope and pray the sermon you just heard was a tender blessing to your heart and to your soul. I hope that it gives you the encouragement, edification to face the challenges that we see each and every day and week throughout our life. I'd like to invite you out to one of our live services here at Saren Chapel in Abraman. We are located on Lewis Street as well as Davis Street. Davis Street is the entrance to our chapel and as well as Lewis Street is the entrance to our hall and you can use either one of them. But secondly today, guys, I would like to share just a brief message to you now to ask you to where you are going in eternity. If today was the last day you were alive, if today by some tragedy, this was the last moment you had on this earth, when you closed your eyes, would you wake up and see Jesus Christ? It is a simple question, guys, and it is even a more simple answer. The Bible tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, paid the ultimate price for mankind. He gave us the free pass to eternal life by giving his life on the cross of Calvary, being buried into that grave, but rising again on the third day. It is simple as this. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You see, guys, while we were sinners, the Lord Jesus Christ loves us so much that he gave his life. As a matter of fact, Romans 5, 8 tells us, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Sin is defined as the transgression of God's law. But what happened was the payment with, for mankind is death. Romans 6.23 clearly tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So I ask you today, what would, what would stop you right here, right now, for bowing your head and saying a prayer much like this, Lord Jesus Christ, I trust in you. Jesus Christ, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe that you stepped up out of the grave to give us victory over sin and victory over death. I invite you into my heart and ask forgiveness of my sins and ask you to lead God and direct me throughout the rest of my life. Now, here's the thing. You say that prayer in your own words, but you have to say it and believe in it. Remember, Romans 10, 9 says, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is a promise from the word of God. That is a promise from God himself. That is the promise from the creator of all things, that if you'll believe on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, ask forgiveness of your sins, accept his free gift and pardon of sin into your heart today, that you will be born again, that you will have eternal life in heaven. Guys, I hope and pray this is a blessing to you today. I hope and pray that you'd make that decision. And if you have, if you've made that decision today, let us rejoice with you. Come by and see us here at the church or hit us up online at any of the social media outlets or through email or however you can. Just share with us the glorious transformation that you just received in your life. Guys, I hope to see you soon in the house of God. I hope to see you soon right here in Sharon Chapel. And may the Lord be with each and every one of you. God bless.